0: I love coming here. I miss you when I'm away. Thank you for having me. It's my privilege. You said it's your privilege. It's really mine. It really, I mean that. I love coming here. Love you people. It's a humbling thing and endearing thing to feel so, not just welcome, but wanted and you make us feel that way. Uh, the Vandals, Claypools, uh, and now the Belchers. Brother Danny called me two or three times, <laughs> making sure we were going to stay with him. And that, that just, I just, that's very humbling. Thank you very much. We were, we were honored to stay in your home. Turn with me to Second Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. Brother Jim said, "Happy New Year." Well, it's hard to believe isn't it that this is 2013. Does that boggle your mind? 2013. I, it seemed like just yesterday that the millennium turned, didn't it? Y2K. Remember that? Everybody was scared to death. They didn't admit it, but the whole world let out a collective sigh of relief when it passed. Didn't they? They really did. They wouldn't admit it. We knew he wasn't coming then, didn't we? We knew that. That he's coming at a time when men think not. And the longer it goes, the less men will think and believe that he's coming. That's what this chapter is all about. To uh, remind us that his coming is imminent and it's soon, very soon. And to be watching. Waiting. Your redemption draweth nigh. What the world does not want to happen, we are greatly looking forward to it, aren't we? The coming of our Lord. 2013. This is a timely message, I believe, at the end of the old year and the bringing in of a new. Another year of mercy has gone by. And you say that the Lord has been greatly merciful to you. That's what Brother Jeff prayed, didn't it? Great mercies. of so the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed, in not it? His mercies are new every morning, every new year. His compassions, they fail not. My, my. And the Lord's return is, is imminent. It's soon for... Uh, all of us the Lord is coming back but for some of us in here and we don't know who he may come tomorrow mightn't it? We think of Brother Vandal back there being the eldest that uh, he's soon the Lord is soon to take him well, it, it might be me we don't know what tomorrow brings do we? I remember when my Mother-in-law was uh, diagnosed with cancer, Uh, fatal. They just knew she didn't have long. Well, several people in the church passed before she did, unexpectedly. We did not expect them to go, but they did. We were waiting on her to go. The Lord came for them. That's why he tells us and keeps uh, reminding us. Look at it, verse 1. This second epistle, beloved. Beloved. You know this is written to God's people, the beloved, those whom God loves. He says that four times in this chapter, doesn't it? Beloved, uh, this he said, I write unto you in both, that is the first and second epistle. I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. He says, I'm, I am, uh, I want to uh, stir you up to uh, stir up your memory. Your pure minds. The world is confused in it. The world is mixed up. Like they said uh, uh, in Jeremiah, confusion of, Daniel 9, confusion of faces blown up. The world is full of confusion. But God's people uh, have the mind of Christ. We're not mixed up. Our understanding is not darkened. We know. He's come and given us a knowledge of who He is and why He came and that He is coming again. He said in verse 2 that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. In other words, be thinking on, be mindful of, let these things be in your thoughts at all times, the Word of God, old and new, the Word of God. Scripture says, of the people of this world, God is not in all their thoughts. They think about a lot of things, but God's not one of them until they get sick or somebody dies or they get in trouble. And then when that's over, so are their thoughts of God, right? But he says to God's people, you be thinking on things above. Things above. Eternal things for the Things that are seen are temporal. The things, of, the things that are unseen are eternal. Keep your mind on. Be thinking of these things. Be mindful and, uh, of what the Word of God says. Now, what does the Word of God say? What's the message of this book? It ain't a what. It's a who. From the beginning, God, in all the Old Testament, the Old Testament... The, the prophets and the Psalms, the books of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms, the Lord said that they are they which testify of me. They speak of me. They're concerning me. The Old Testament says, it said, somebody's coming. Somebody's coming. Who? God. The God-man. The Christ. He's coming. Well, he did. The Gospels, the four Gospels say he's here. He came just like the prophet said he would. He came. Just as God promised that he would. And the epistles say over and over and over, he's coming again. He's coming again. This same Jesus is coming again. That's what this book says. Be mindful of that. That's what this book says. The religious world reads it, quotes it, say they love it, but they don't know the message of it, do they? It's a person. You do. Why do you? Because he's given you an understanding to know him. All right, look at verse 3. Knowing this fur. Know this fur. Keep this in mind. First thing to remember. That there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. The last day. It's clear that these are the last days. Isn't it? Don't worry about that fly. The Lord sent him. <laughs> That's absolutely right. He sent him. My dad used to say, uh, liberty is relative, but truth is unchanging. Brother Todd and I heard that years ago, and we wrote it down immediately. Liberty is relative. In other words, you think you have liberty? A fly can change it. A fly laying right here. But the truth is unchanging. Truth, God's Word, is His power. A fly can't change that. Devils can't change it. The Lord sent that fly, so I'd tell you that story. <laughs> but uh, remember this, he said. The first thing to remember is the last days, uh, scoffers shall come. We're in the last days, very clear. Second Timothy 3 clearly describes the last days. Done. Perilous time. Men shall be. And the thing that, that describes and characteristics the last days more than anything else is pride in it. Lovers of themselves, boasters, proud. What describes this generation more than anything else? Pride. I've never seen such a generation. Have you? From, from, from youth, from children to adults. It's so boastful and proud. It's the I, me, and my generation. That describes this generation. The last days and so many other things. Disobedient to parents, unholy, unthankful blasphemers god 's name is upon the lips of even little children, oh my God, we are in the very last of the last days. You have to be yet to be a fool, I started to say, or oh, an unbeliever well that 's one and the same to say there's that uh, to not see that we 're in the very last of the last day. God keeps sending like when the Lord was going to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, that whole story is about the Lord bringing his people out of this. Present evil world. That's what the whole book of Exodus is all about. The children of Israel represent the people of God. And God said, I am come down to bring you out, to bring you up. Bring you out of this present evil world. And God kept sending uh, plague after plague after plague, didn't he? And the Egyptians did not recognize it. The Egyptians didn't see a thing. Frogs, flies. <laughs> Plague after plague, and they did not recognize it as the hand of God, didn't it? None of them did. There's not one Egyptian said, God's judging us. Not one. But all of the people of God did, didn't it? All of the, the Jews did, didn't they, Connie? They knew God sent this. Why? He's bringing us out. Judgment on this world, but He's bringing us out. We see it as the hand of God. The last days. These things clearly are seen. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Romans 1 says. Clearly revealed from heaven. But the world doesn't see it. Well, we do, don't we? Have you ever seen in our lifetime such an increase in, in calamities and natural disasters? Anybody? Joe back there could could tell you it's it's on the increase such as never before. Hurricanes, floods, droughts, famines, huh? Diseases. On the increase. Know this first, these are the last days. I mean the very very last of the last day. And scoffers shall come, he said. Scoffers. They've always been scoffers. They've always been mockers. When Noah started building that ark <laughs> They said, what did you say? Rain? Water is going to fall out of the sky? It had never rained before. The Lord watered the earth by a mist, by dew. Had never, water had never come out of the sky. And Noah said, God's going to destroy this world by, by rain and a flood. And it's going to destroy this present evil world. This world, God doesn't love this world. God doesn't love these people, everybody. God loves his people. And salvation is going to be in this ark, Noah said. For a hundred years, he built that ark and he said, Salvation is going to be in this ark. God doesn't love everybody. The love of God's in this ark. Get in the ark because judgment's coming. Every day with his hand, judgment's coming. And they laughed and they scoffed, didn't they? Rain? Are you kidding? And and the more time goes by, the more scoffers and mockers there are, aren't they? Every time some fool gets up and announces, I know when the Lord's coming, and he does it, the more scoffers rise up. Mayan calendar, even our modern society gave some credence to that pagan, heathen generation, the Mayan. I've been there. Some of you have been to Mexico. It's a heathen, idolatrous nation. Mayan, they don't know anything. I mean, maybe they know more than modern America and all it's foolish. The, 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 you read there in, in Proverbs 16 how, the, how it says, The uh, instruction of fools is folly. Hath not God made f- foolish the wisdom of this world? Utter foolish. A fool. Here's a fool. A fool hath said, No, God. When the heavens declare his glory, the firmament showeth his handiwork, doesn't he? Day unto day utter a speech. Only a fool would say, there's no God. And not see his hand, his judgment and all that. Only a blind fool. Scoffers. And the more people uh, try to to, um, uh, prophesy of his coming, and uh, they're calling God a liar, aren't they, when they do that? Christ said no man knows the day right, did he? And when somebody does that, and he doesn't come, they laugh, and they scoff, and they say, see? And that's what, look at the next verse. Where's the promise of his coming? Verse 4. Where's the promise of his coming? Everything continues as it was from the beginning of the creation. Yes, it does. You're right about that. Why is that? Why does everything continue like it does? Huh? This earth keeps spinning at the exact same rate. If it's sped up... Uh, quarter of a millionth of a mile per hour we'd fall off <laughs> i'm telling you the truth ask science they'll tell you they'll tell you if we move jeff if we move six inches closer to the sun we we'd burn up six inches further away we freeze to death it just keeps spinning and all the planets do their their prescribed or just right the moon just right for the for the seasons and so forth, just right. Why ain't we lucky? That's what the world says. For thousands of years, just in perfect harmony and order, the sun. God did that. God continued, upholds all things by the word. The same one who said, "Let there be light," says, "Let let everything continue as it was," in Genesis chapter. Hey, after the flood, he said, all things are going to continue until I say, it's over. It's over. Mm. Man's a fool, isn't he? Utter fool. Utter fool. Yeah, where's the promise of his coming? All things continue. Yes, they do, by the mercy of God. That's why we've met here today is to thank God for his mercy. But thank God. All men ought to be worshiping God today, shouldn't it? For his mercy. All right, verse 5 says, They're willingly ignorant of this, that the word of God, by the word of God, the heavens were of old, the earth standing out of the water, and in the water, by, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water. Water, 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 water. Keep keeps talking about water. Water. There's a TV show called The Blue Planet third rock from the sun. It's the only planet in our solar system that has something on it that sustains life. What is it? Water. Why is that? God. That's why. It's no wonder he calls himself the water of life. Can't live without it. You can go three days without water, and that's it just to show us in him we live and move and have our being water men scoff they mop and they're looking everywhere for another planet with some water on it they ain't gonna find it Cheryl they ain't gonna find it Ah my fools utter fools water and God created this world in midst of water water of life and that same water that gives life took it away What a picture that is. God in whom we live and move and have our being kills and makes alive done. same water of life but salvation to some is condemnation to others. like fire. Our gods are consuming fire. Fire we can't live without it but it'll destroy us. You don't play with it, not something to play with read on it says the same world that was created by God the heavens and the earth verse 7 are now kept by the same word kept in store reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men same God who uphold, who created all things by his word upholds all things by the word of his power and as we say it as he says It's coming a day when he says that's it. And it will rain fire and brimstone. Fire and brimstone. Who said that? Who talked about fire and brimstone? Jesus Christ. And there's nothing more that men and women scoff at more, do they? Than to hear talk about a fire and brimstone preacher. He's a fire and brimstone preacher. Who is Jesus Christ? And this is what men, this is the issue that men and women have. it's, it's, It's with him. It's with what he said. You either believe him, don't you, Doug, or you call him a liar. Well, I'll tell you what the scripture said. Let God be true and every open man a liar. That's right. And we did too. Unbelief is calling him a liar. Oh, my. My, my, Reserved under fire against uh, the, the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Two things that the world is willingly ignorant of. Willingly ignorant of creation. They accuse us of suppressing facts. No, it's the other way around, isn't it? Those of you who study a little bit, it's, isn't it? You, uh, you smart people have done a little studying. Uh, of the elements and all they suppress the facts they suppress the fact, not us not other. And Romans 1 says these things are clearly same but to hold the truth in unrighteousness hold it down don't want to reveal it the things are fine because it renounces everything well he says this now below and, and, and this, the next thing that men are willingly ignorant of is the judgment of God the flood Though it's clear from even nature and creation, there was a flood. And those two things, creation and the flood, or the judgment of this world, reveal God. That God is. If God created everything, that means he owns it. And he can do with it as he will. If you create something, he said, am I not the potter? And you're the clay?" Cathy's huh? son is a potter, isn't he? He makes what he wants, doesn't he? Whatever he will, nobody can tell him what to make. Of the same lump, this is what Romans 9 said, of the same lump, he can make one vessel unto honor and one unto dishonor. He can make a vessel to uh, display flowers in it. He can make a chamber pot. Hmm? can't tell him what to do. He's the potter. God says, am I not the potter? Cannot I do with my own what I will? Yes, and He does. Men don't like that, Paul. I won't have that, whether you have it or not. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. You're in His hand. Men don't like that. I'm not going to have that. Those clearly say. Those clearly say. I'm not. I'm willingly ignorant. I will not have this man reign over me. Well, He does. And then the flood tells us that God is holy. That God will judge sin. God will punish sin. Oh, man doesn't like that. No, no, we reject that. This flood, this notion of an angry God destroying this world, that's a bunch of foolishness. This notion of, of God going to destroy the world by fire, that's a bunch of ignorant mountain religion that only ignorant, uneducated mountain people believe that. No, it's not. Jesus Christ said it. Jesus Christ, who is wisdom from above. But, beloved, all right, now, let's talk to the believers. Beloved, why do you believe what men hate? Why do you believe that God is and men just don't believe he is at all? Why do you believe? Huh? Why do you believe? For God hath, from the beginning, chosen you to sell. For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate. Whom he did predestinate, he called by the God. Whom he called, he justified, gave them faith. Whom he justified, he glorified. To see his glory. To see who God is. See who Christ is. See what you are. Blessed is the man whom thou chooses and causes to approach unto you. My, 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 my. Election is not a doctrine. It's, a, it's glory. <laughs> it's God's glory. It's our glorification. To know him. The world, do- Carol. The world doesn't give God a thought. The God in whose hands are breath is—they don't give Him a thought. And we would neither, if He hadn't thought on us, if He hadn't chosen us. Oh, beloved—that's a beloved term. I don't throw it around. We don't throw it around. Preachers are fond of doing that. Dearly beloved, we're gathered here together. Beloved, loved before, Before foreloved of God. God doesn't love everybody, but I tell you what, who he does love, he loves. They don't deserve it. And if he loves them, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Happy is he that the God of Jacob for his help. Jacob have I loved. Beloved. What a beloved term. Beloved. My, my. And if you believe these things, God loves you. Smile, God loves you if you believe these things. Don't say that to the world. There was no bumper sticker on that ark, was it? Smile, God loves you. Whew. Oh, man. God hates you. Everybody outside that ark, God hates you. Is that true? Is that an old fable? Peter's the same one said, we didn't make this up. eyewitnesses of who He is. Beloved, don't be ignorant of this. One day is with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years is a day. They say, where's the promise of His coming? And I must admit, I'm I'm thinking, I say, Lord, how long? How long? Like David, Lord, how long? Would you please? Don't you see? David said this over and over again in the psalm. Lord, they're, they're making void your law. It's... David said this one time. He said, It's time for you to work. (laughs) They've made void your law. Lord, don't you see and hear what they're doing? Do something. He is, but not when you say. We're going to see how the long suffering of the Lord is salvation. I'm glad the Lord didn't come in 1973. I'd have split hell wide open. And, and, And we got some folks, don't we, we want the Lord to reveal Himself to. Children, loved ones, spouses, parents, neighbors, friends—don't we? Come, Lord, come now. That's kind of selfish, really. How long? When I say, you just keep watching. Days is a thousand years. Times of no essence to Him. It is to us. Isn't it. We're creatures of time. We don't know what the next thirty seconds will hold, do we, Jeff? Might be eating downstairs. And boom. Hmm? We don't know. But not the Lord. He said, no hurry. Was it a hurry, man? It's all going according to his schedule. Everything's working together. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. And yet men, you know, are such creatures of time. Ecclesiastes 8.11 says, Because sentence against an evil work is not speedily executed. In other words, people do things. The transgression of the wicked says there's no fear of God. They do things and defy God, you know. See, And, and nothing happens. See, told you. Because sentence against an evil work is not speedily executed, therefore the hearts of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Got away with it. See? There's no God. God's up there, let me strike me down with a bolt of lightning. You think he's paying any attention to that worm? He's got to prove himself by every worm that raises his voice. He that sits in the heavens laughs. He laughs. No days a thousand years. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. What is His promise? Oh, God, who cannot lie, has promised His people eternal life. Read the promises, all the promises of God to His people. Whoever believes Christ, whoever trusts Christ, he said, I give unto them eternal life and they'll never perish. I'm going to destroy this world, he said. But anyone, any, any and all who trust my son, I will not destroy them. They will never perish. He that hath the son hath life. God hath given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. And God promised that eternal life. And God cannot lie. And all the promises of God in Christ are yea and amen to the glory of God. God cannot lie. You trust Christ? He said, I will pass over you. When I see the blood, and I'm coming out of Egypt, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Bless God. Why? Because you're a good boy? Because you're better than the rest of the... Blood, blood. Why don't we talk so much about the blood? Why don't we teach our children about the blood? Why don't we teach our children about the that the mercy of God and the grace of God is Jesus Christ and Him crucified? Why? Because that is the salvation of God, and all under the blood. Like Joshua told Rahab, she said to Rahab through the spies, through those messengers, she said they said to her, "You get your father, you get your." Your mother, You get your family. You get your children. You get them all. And you put them in this house where that scarlet line is that represents the blood of Christ. You put all your family under that scarlet line. And when we're coming through, we're going to destroy Jericho, everything that's in it. We're going to destroy it all. But we will bring you out. You have our word on us. Our life for yours. If it doesn't happen. Did he? First thing Joshua said. Before he destroyed the blood. <laughs> Joshua said to me and he said, go in and bring out that harlot and everybody in her house. Let's go look at that for a little while, wouldn't we? You got time? What a story. When I see the blood, I will. That's a promise. Pass over you. Oh, but I'm such a sinner. When I see the blood, I will promise. God is not uh, uh, slack concerning his promise to who? Usward. He's long-suffering to usward. Some men count slack to usward. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repent. Any who? Who's he talking to? Who's he writing to? The beloved. Any of us. There's them, is us. That's what this book is talking about. Cheryl, it says here's what they say and this is what he said to us. It's them and us. Them and us. The world and God's people. The world and God's people. Us. He's long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish. God worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Doesn't he? he upholdeth all things by his will, by his power. Whatever God wills, will be done. Whatever God is not willing to happen, won't happen. Right? Whoever he's not willing to perish, they won't perish. (laughs) Brother Dan, the world hates that. That's my salvation. God's will. Not my will, not my will, but his will. Not willing that any of his people should perish, but all should come to repent. And they do. All of his people come to repentance because it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And let's hurry. Verse 10 says, the day of the Lord will come. The day of the Lord will come. Paul said that, oh, in that wonderful chapter, 1 Corinthians 15. It says, the trumpet shall sound. It will sound, he said. Read on. It says in verse 10 the heavens have come as a thief in the night when men don't expect it, as like in the days of Noah, a time when they think not until suddenly they come and every eye will see. Him. The heavens will pass away with a great noise. Isn't this ironic? You hear the irony, the divine irony here. They said the heavens were created by a big bang. God makes a fool out of me. <clears throat> but said the heavens were created by a big bang. No, but they'll be destroyed that way. Big bang, trumpet, trumpet, boom. Pass away with the fervent heat. Read on the earth, and also the works that are therein shall be burned up. The works that are therein, everything, every single thing, men, women, and young people work for all their lives gone gone work all your life young people what are you working for these are lawful legitimate things to have a house to have a marriage to have children a good thing God ordained okay have some uh, some happiness a nice home food drink drink enjoy these things. Ecclesiastes, the whole book's about that. Enjoy. Work hard. Enjoy that thing. But if your happiness is dependent on those things when they're gone, and they will be gone. Children, they will be gone. Husbands, wives, it remaineth that there be as though there had no wives. When nope. it's gone. If, if all our happiness is wrapped up in these things, works, things we accumulate, and then all of a sudden, it's gone. Then what? You can't find it happiness. You can't find it. It's gone. Must not be much to those, it? If, if 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 our happiness depends on things... And it's all going to just be wiped out. Ah. Ah to you spend your whole life trying to accumulate things that you're going to lose in a, in, a, in a minute. In a minute. That's foolish, isn't it? He says that the things that are not seen are eternal. He talks about the unsearchable riches of Christ. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard. Either have entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love Him, but we're getting a foretaste here. Who sees any beauty and glory in the Lord Jesus Christ? Who sees any uh, wonder and worth and and uh, marvel in the Word of God? Who who sees? Uh, who has any desire, who, hunger, and thirst for the things of God? For joy, for peace that endureth, for for the uh, for knowledge of Christ and the love of God, who, who really needs those things? The world doesn't. But those who have the mind of Christ, may God give us all the mind of Christ. Set our affection on things above where Christ is. Because these things, everything in it, and every person, gone. 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 The Lord, the book, the book of Job is the oldest recorded book in Scripture. And the Lord showed us that. He took a man whom he said, this is my, one of my beloved. And at the same time, he took everything away in this world from him. All his family. All his family. Do you know the grief that that man? We don't know, do we? Indescribable grief. All his family's his children he had a wife that hated his God. Took away his, all his earthly possessions. He was a vast owner of lands and, and things. Took it all away at the same time. What did Job say? Hmm? This is a man whose life is not wrapped up in things. He said, the Lord... Gave, He gave it. It's his. He gave it. And the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There's the blessed man who sees everything going to be burned up. But the things that cannot be shaken, the things of God. Oh, my, see and then, verse 11 says, see and then all these things will be dissolved. What manner of uh, persons ought ye to be at all holy conversation and godliness? That's not saying you need to change your voice and sound like a, a holy man. That, no, 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 don't be real religious. Holy means separated. What's the world talking about? The world. That's it. Things of this world. We, we got... We've got things that are higher and nobler, don't we? Talk about holy conversation, godliness. What's godliness? It's not what men call it. It has to do with the things of God. It has to do with thinking on God. Wanting to be like God. Godlikeness. Godliness. I love it. I want it. Don't you? I'll be dis- David said, I'll be satisfied when I wake with his likeness. I want to be like him. And read on. He says, looking for and hasting the coming of the day of God. Hasting. How do you? You know, the more you look for something, the more you talk about it, the nearer it seems. You got plans to go somewhere, you know, and the more you talk about it and think about it, the more real it is to you, and the more near it appears. And, and it's like it's, you can almost taste it already. Jeff, you know, takes us to a restaurant downtown Charleston. He, calls us and says, I'm going to take you there. And, well, we're thinking about it. And we get here and he says, we're going. And I'm, I can just taste those shrimp now. And it, have you tasted the Lord is gracious? This is why we preach Christ, Paul. This is why we do what we do. This is why—this is all what we do. Preach Christ, the kingdom of heaven. That's what Christ, who Christ preached. It was himself. That's what he preached every time. John preached. Why? This is who we're looking for. This is what we want. This is what our children—we want our children to know. This is what we want our spouses to know. To know Him is to have eternal life. So that's who we preach. Look, somebody's coming soon. Now is your redemption nearer than when it first began? Look, your redemption draws nigh. Look, can you see the clouds? Huh? It's a dust of His feet. Huh? You hear the thunder? You know what that is? Me and said it's just thundered. He said no. He said I've glorified it and I'll glorify it again. This is, he said. This is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. Every time it thunders, that's what we ought to think. He's near. He's near. Looking for, looking forward to, waiting, watching under prayer and getting together. That's what we're doing. We're huddled together like the Egyptians in the house under the blood. The Lord's coming. It might be tonight. Wouldn't that be wonderful for us? Looking for hasting. Hasting. Are these things more real to you now than when we started today? They ought to be. Hasting. It goes on to say, it's all going to be dissolved again. We're looking for a new heaven, a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Oh, my. Only righteous people want to be where righteousness is. I, I, I'll behold his face in righteousness. I will. And I won't be satisfied until I die. Who, who, what's righteousness? It's who. Him, Christ. And, and beloved, so seeing you look for such thing, be diligent. Give diligence to make your calling and election sure that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. That doesn't mean you need to put away this and put it. Well, it does tell us to do that. Put away. How we're going to be found of God without spot in peace and without spot and blameless is to be found in Christ. Not having our own righteousness, which is of the law. But that righteousness which is of faith. The faith of Christ. For he is our peace. Isn't it? Found of God. Accepted in the beloved. Without spot and blameless unto him that's able to present us faultless blameless before His present. Be diligent to make that calling an election sure. Read on. The long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. As Paul, our brother, said, he waits to be gracious. I don't know who he's waiting on, but I don't know who it is. But We might just be so wonderfully and gloriously surprised when the Lord brings somebody we just didn't expect, somebody we'd hoped for for so long when he finally brings them. He's long-suffering. He was to me. That's salvation. He still is to me. Verse 16. Beloved, in, these, in Paul's epistles are things hard to be understood. Those that are unlearned, ever learning, but never coming, the knowledge of the truth. They're unstable, ungrounded and settled. They twist like they do the other scriptures unto their own destruction and those that hear them. But you, brethren, you know these things. You know these things. What I preached this morning you, I preached in nineteen eighty six at Cottageville, West Virginia. Yeah, I did. I went back. I was going to deal with this, went back through my old notes, and there it was. Lo and behold, nineteen eighty six, Cottageville, West Virginia. It's the exact same message. You knew these things then, some of you. You know them now, and you've heard other, I dare say there have been other men preached from them, right? We don't have a new mystery. We're the same thing. It, it's not grievous to me, but it's safe for you. And you know these things. Why? Why do you know these things? Hmm? Why do I know these things? Because He's come and given us understanding that we might know these things. That's the only way we know them. If God reveals them unto us by His Spirit. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But you know these things. So beware, lest you... Led away with the error of the wicked, the wicked one, and this wicked generation. Fall from your own steadfastness. Don't let. Does anything that happens in this world shake your faith? Such as the, the slaughter of innocent children. Does that shake your faith? That make you question God and the truth. People, that's been going on the children of Israel Pharaoh said kill them all and he did not threw them in a the river when the Lord Jesus Christ came Herod said kill them all and they did but not Christ and not his people it's been going on from the beginning who did that? Who's responsible for that? God, right? The world can't understand. They say your God's a monster. Nope, but He's God. What else, what else, what other hope do we have? Uh, it doesn't shake. Does it shake your faith when these? No. What they say? Can it? Uh, they say, "See, He's not coming." Does that shake your faith? <laughs> no. no. God's laughing, and I am too at this world. He says, grow in grace, verse 18, I quit. Grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. How do you grow in grace? How do you grow? He said, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. While the world is turning away their ears from the truth unto fables. Turn us, O God, to thy word. Establish us. Write your word on the tables of my heart. Let these sayings sink down deep in my ears, into my heart, so that nothing moves and nothing harms us. Can you say that? And we grow in grace, realizing it's all by grace. And the knowledge of the Lord of the Lord. He's the Lord, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. Amen.